Well, I hope you're having a good weekend. I'm glad you took some time today to come to church. I know for me it's been a crazy weekend. I've been traveling. I just got back last night. I went to Minneapolis and met my brother and my father who also flew up there. We went to go see my Chicago White Sox play the Minnesota Twins. And of course, my White Sox lost pretty bad. But if you're a Sox fan, hey, we're used to it, right? It is a rebuilding year. And that has been our story for about a decade, but we are sticking to that story, no matter the cost. Uh, But it was a good weekend, you know, and it was good for me to be traveling this weekend. I got to spend some time in some airports, and if you've ever done that, the airports are crazy places, right? Like before you get to the security check, there are all kinds of rules you have to follow. Like when you get up to that security check, you've got to empty out like half of your bag onto the conveyor belt. You've got to take off half your clothes. You've got to walk through the, the little security thing. Then you still get waved down or patted down if they didn't like something about you. I mean, it's like this crazy security thing. Then as soon as you get past that point, it's like this lawless nation. Like anything goes in that whole area of the airport where everyone's waiting for their plane at their gates. I mean, you could see all kinds of crazy stuff there. It could be 7 a.m. and there's people drinking beer, right? If you're tired, just sleep on the floor. If you're hungry, a bag of chips now costs $17. I mean, it's like this crazy place the airport is, and... The good thing about spending some time this weekend traveling for me was because I got to observe people. You know, the airports are great places to observe people. And anytime you go traveling somewhere where you're surrounded by a bunch of strangers, you really get to observe different people. And today's sermon is all about loving others. And whenever I teach that whole week leading up to the lesson, the sermon's always on my mind. It's always something I'm thinking about. It's always on the back of my mind. It's the lens in which I see the whole world through. And so all this week, I've been viewing the world through the lens of loving other people and just observing people and how they do that or the lack of doing that. And I saw some great examples when I was uh, traveling this this weekend. Uh, I was in the airport, and there was a pregnant woman who was sitting there, and she was crying. She was really upset about something, and there was this guy sitting next to her. And he was just listening to her and hugging her and and taking care of her and really being a great example of loving another person right where he's at in life. And then yesterday I was out for breakfast and at the table next to me were two WNBA players from the Chicago Sky. And as they were having breakfast, you could just see their friendship. And you could see the love that they had for each other and the meal that they were sharing together, almost like they were family, probably because they travel together all the time. They probably are more like family members. And it was great to see that example of love. But also while you're traveling, you see some examples of people who are not so great at loving others. And maybe they're caught up in their own world or they just got their headphones in or maybe they're rude or impatient or whatever. And you could see a lot of bad examples. And we're talking about this stuff because we're talking about love God, love others. In the Bible, they ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? What's like the thing we've got to do? What's the number one rule if we're going to be followers of God? And Jesus said in the book of Mark, he said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two greatest commandments. They asked Jesus, what's the one most important thing we should do? And he says, actually, there's two most important things you should do because they're both equally important. Love God and love others. And if you're like me, the first one's easy. 
love God. Of course I love God, you know. I know the blessings in my life. I know the life that I'm living. And I know that the life I have today far surpasses anything that I deserve. I am fully aware of that. And so I am thankful to God for my life and for the things that I get to do. So loving God's really easy. Loving others, it's not as easy. It depends on the person. It depends on what I have going on. A lot of times, of course, I love people, but a lot of times I don't show it. I don't show it with my words. I don't show it with my actions. And maybe you're like me. A lot of times I'm busy. I I say I got too much on my plate or I'm busy doing this or that or I'm worried about what else is on my to-do list. So I'm running around trying to get all of that done and I sometimes miss the people who God has placed right around me. And I miss easy ways to show love to them because I'm busy. Or maybe you're more of a thinker like I am and you spend a lot of time in your thoughts. You spend a lot of time thinking about things. And so you sometimes are not even aware of what's going on around you because you're just aware of what you're thinking about and you're kind of lost in thought. Maybe people think you're being rude or ignoring them and you're really not trying to do that. That's not your heart. You're just kind of a thinker and lost in thought. That's how I am a lot of the time. Maybe you've got something going on in your life and you're just in a bad season of life. That happens sometimes where there's something going wrong in your marriage or with your kids or some health concern. And and you've got all this stress and you've got all this worry. And so it preoccupies your mind so much that you don't even think about loving other people. You don't even think about saying something nice to somebody or doing something nice to somebody. I know this is true for me. Between loving God and loving others, man, I'm usually a whole lot better at loving God. And the loving others thing I sometimes forget to do. I think a lot of us can relate to that because I think a lot of us do that in our lives. If we're really being honest and we evaluate ourselves, we're probably pretty good at loving God and maybe we're not so great at showing our love to other people. Some of us wake up every day and we serve God our fresh love every day and we serve leftovers to other people. We have this fresh love for God every morning and we love Him and we serve Him and we just serve other people our leftovers if we happen to think about it, if we happen to have time on our to-do list and in our calendar or in our thought process or in our worries, we actually have time to love other people. And that's not how it's supposed to be. It's just not. Jesus said you're supposed to love God and love other people. doesn't matter if you're busy. doesn't matter if you're worried. doesn't matter if you're a thinker and you're more introverted and inside your own head. He said it doesn't matter. You're supposed to love God and love other people. And so today we're, today we're going to talk about how to do that. How do we love other people better. And what it really boils down to us for today is that God loves us so much that our natural response should be to love him back and to love other people. It shouldn't feel like a to-do list, a thing we have to do, like this stuff we got to go out and do and be really nice because we're forced to do it. It should feel natural. Love should be natural. And it should be natural for us to love God back because of the love that he's given to us. And we should naturally love the people who are all around us. And if you are newer to faith or newer to going to church and religion and spirituality and all that stuff, the rest of this sermon is not going to do much good for you. It's just not. Because the rest of this sermon is all about how do I take the love that God has given me and respond to that? How do I naturally respond to the love that God has for me by loving him back and by loving other people? And if you're still exploring faith and exploring Jesus, maybe you haven't experienced that love of God. 
and you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you just think, you know, you're supposed to go to church, religion's important, God's like up there somewhere, and he's really like powerful and important, and so you're supposed to like do good things, and like try not to do lots of bad things, so that you can get into heaven someday. That's religion, and if that's where you're at, I understand that, because I was at that point in my life too, not many years ago. But what it is about today is about responding to God's love and how we should do that. And if you've never experienced that before, the rest of the sermon won't make sense. So you might as well just leave early. I give you permission to leave church early. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. You are dismissed. Go in peace. Okay? But when you get home, go to Amazon. Okay? I'm an Amazon dude. Go to Amazon. I want you to look up a book called Crazy Love. It's by a guy named Francis Chan. And in this book, Francis Chan talks about this crazy love that God has for you. And how you naturally respond to that with love. Once you realize how much God loves you. This is the single book that changed my whole view on religion. So when I was 22 years old, I'd been going to church for a couple years But I was going to church because I knew my life was a mess. I knew I needed to make better choices. I needed to, like, clean up my act, try harder, do better, you know. Like, And religion will fix that and and help me do all that. That was kind of my mindset. And I remember being in church one day. And I was so new to faith that I was just unaware of so much stuff. And the pastor was reading a piece of scripture from the book of Job. And he read the scripture, and then he said where it was from, and... I'm looking around, like, is anybody else paying attention? Did everyone else see that? You know, like, dude, it's the book of Job. Hello? (laughs) Obviously, it's the book of Job. That's the correct way. The pastor knew what he was talking about. I did not. But I was just a baby Christian at the time. I didn't know a whole lot of stuff. I just thought religion was there to, like, fix my life and make better choices and try to do good enough to get into heaven. I didn't understand that it's really about a relationship with the God of the universe. And that's what that book, Crazy Love, will help you figure out. If you've never experienced the love of God in your life individually, personally, I recommend reading that book. Because if you just stop and think for a moment, I mean, this is crazy stuff. If you just hit the pause button on your life for one second and step back, Years ago, the God of the universe stopped what he was doing and had a thought, and that thought was you. And he designed everything about who you are, what your personality will be like, what your life will look like, where you're going to live, how it's all going to go. And then he had you come into this world. And ever since that moment, he's been trying to guide you towards the best version of yourself, the version that he created you to be. And along the way, he knows you're going to mess up. He knows you're going to sin. And so ahead of time, he sent his son into this world to live a perfect life and to die on a cross so that someday you will be with him forever in eternity. I mean, God was willing to send his own son and watch him suffer and die. Can you imagine that? Your own child suffering And dying on a cross. That's what God went through because he loves you so much that he couldn't bear the thought of being separated from you for eternity. Folks, that is a crazy, overwhelming, never-ending love of God. 
And when you experience that and you live that, man, it changes everything about who you are. And the only natural way to respond to that is to love God back with a crazy, overwhelming, never-ending love. And to love the other people that God loves just as much as he loves you. See, our love should be natural. So when we focus on how much God loves us, it becomes natural to love him back and to love other people. If you've experienced that love, then you get this stuff. And you'll get the rest of this sermon. There's this guy named John who lived a long time ago. And he was friends with Jesus. And he walked with Jesus. He lived life with Jesus. And he was so close of friends to Jesus that he wrote down everything Jesus did after he died and all the lessons he taught. And every time he talks about himself in his writing, he doesn't say I or me or even John. He calls himself the one whom Jesus loved. John understood this love of God so much that he referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved because he had a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus. And years and years later, after Jesus died, John decided to write a letter to a group of friends that he had. And it was a letter that was supposed to encourage them and to lift them up and and to help them in their journey in life. And the friends loved this letter so much that they saved it for years. Have you ever gotten a letter that you've saved for years? Because it meant so much to you. I, I know I have. I was working a part-time job in college. I was working at Costco, which, by the way, if you are broke and in college, work at Costco. The, the pay is actually okay, and there are samples, people. Free samples. So every day at work, you get a variety of food to eat for lunch, and you're getting paid. So you never have to spend any money online. I mean, it's like a win-win deal, okay? But while I was working there, I had a co-worker named Paula, and she wrote me a letter one day, and it was just a letter of encouragement. But for some reason, her words, they, they somehow reached off the paper and into my soul, and they lifted me up and made me feel so good about who I was and about the good that she saw in me. So I saved that letter. And when I went back to college, I hung it on my desk so that I would see it every day and I would read it over and over and over again. I ended up memorizing words from that letter because it meant so much to me. That's the same way these friends felt about the letter John wrote them. It mattered so much to them that they saved this letter. And years and years and years later, when people were going to make the New Testament part of the Bible... They were trying to figure out, what do we include in the Bible? What, what, what should make it in? What writings, what books, what letters, what, what should get in here? And one of the options on the table was this letter that John had written to his, a group of friends. And it ended up making it in the Bible. We obviously don't call it a letter often. We call it the book of 1 John. And in the book of 1 John, it's the letter that John wrote to his friends. And we see how much John understood about the love of God. Part of his letter goes like this. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. John says, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. John says, you don't have to go love people. You don't have to do this. You don't need to add a bunch of stuff to your to-do list. But because God so loves you, you ought to love other people. 
John understood that it should feel natural to love God back because of what he's done for you. And it should feel natural to love other people. You see, this isn't a sermon about try harder, do better, or add things to your to-do list. You have to give money to the poor. You have to buy meals for people. You have to go do nice things. This is a sermon about God's love for you. And I think that if you focus on God's love for you, this crazy, overwhelming love, man, it becomes pretty easy to love him back. It becomes pretty easy to love the other people that he's created who are right around you. And I know sometimes we get a little too busy. Maybe you're in a season of life that's super busy with work and you've got all kinds of things to do. Maybe you travel a lot. Maybe it's just a lot to do at work. And you sometimes are not even thinking about other people. Or maybe there's something going on in your family and it's got you all stressed out. There's issues with marriage or with a kid or, or there's a health concern somewhere. And it's like preoccupies everything in your brain. I know there's a lot of stuff that can go on in our lives and can distract us. But I think what we're called to do is to love God and love others. And I think we do that best when we focus on how much God loves us. I know I've seen that be true in my life. The Apostle Paul had this advice for us in the book of Romans. He said that we should love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. And I love the phrase of that, outdo one another in showing honor. Imagine if we, in our culture, in our day and time, where everyone is focused on outdoing one another, looking better than everybody else, a.k.a. social media, sharing the best of their lives and trying to look as good as possible. Imagine if we decided, man, I'm going to outdo people with honor. Instead of trying to give myself the most honor in life, I'm going to give other people the most honor in life. This thing is so important that when they asked Jesus what are the most important thing we're supposed to do, he said you should love God and love others. Love is throughout the whole book of the Bible. If you read through, you will see the common theme of love the whole way. Jesus thought it was so important that he said in the book, uh, John wrote it down for us. Jesus said, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Jesus could have easily have said, everyone will, by this everyone will know that Taylorville Christian Church is my church, if you love one another. Love is supposed to be the thing that identifies us as followers of Jesus and identifies us as Taylorville Christian Church. And that's why as a church we come back to this topic over and over and over again. Because we believe it's that important. Because Jesus believed it was that important. And I think for us the best way to do it is to focus on this love that God has for us. The fact that the God of the universe wants to have a passionate love relationship with you. And that that transforms the way you live. And you naturally love God and naturally love other people. Because our love is supposed to be natural. And I think if you love God and love others, you will discover that you love life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for your love for each one of us. We thank you for your son that you sent to die on a cross for us and the fact that and you love us that much that you would give up your own son and watch him suffer and be humiliated and be spit on and mocked and punched and beaten. That you love us that much that you would let your son go through that. Man, that is a crazy, crazy love. 
And as we experience that on a personal level, we are transformed and we go out and we love you back and we love other people. We ask you to help us to do that. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to play another worship song this morning. And during this song, I just want you to spend a moment connecting with God. Focus in on that love that he has for you personally. You. That he took the time to stop everything he's doing to make you. Because he loves you. If you're able, would you stand and worship with us this morning?